Blog Talk Radio. PM and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Tuesday night, June 14th, 2011. For me, I think that's the way they should play. No, it up. Puts it in. Yes, the game. Time out Right, 
3-0. I am officially on my way to collecting Social Security in the near future. But aside from that, uh, you know, it was good. Then Sunday went out to go see uh, Super 8 with some friends, and I have to admit it was super great. Um, had some Five Guys for the first time in a very long time. My wife actually allowed me to because it was my birthday. So that was great. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think I may have... Uh, and I'm sure you did, and everybody else who had five guys may have taken some years off their life. But aside from that, it was good stuff, sir. <laughs> As I'm getting dirty looks over here from uh, Kelly Arbordop. JB, it was a great weekend, and I'm just excited for another week. Of good, Fear DG. Gold. Well, yep, we'll have a, you know, happy birthday once again. Many, many Thanks, more. Let's, let's give out some contact information, sir. Folks, as always... The number, if you'd like to call in and be a part of the greatest show on earth, 714-364-4721. Once again, that number, 714-364-4721. You can check out our website, puregoldpg.com. As always, and I know I don't mention this on the air, but we are hosted by Blog Talk Radio. We're live in the studio. And, of course, I'd like to give a special shout-out to some new peeps that we met this week that we look forward to collaborating with in the future. That would be Marlo Donahue of, that's right, the granddaughter, the great-granddaughter, the the, the, the daughter of the one only Phil Donahue. And, of course, our buddies over at ADD Sports Talk Radio also hosted on Blog Talk Radio. We have Joe Clewell and Joe Lamort. JB, we are excited, and, of course, the rest of their crew. We are excited, we are ready, we are amped, we've wasted enough time. Let's tear into LeBron for the next two hours, sir. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, as you said, DG, you went to go see Super 8, but there was a super great game on Sunday night. It was Game 6 of the NBA Finals. A lot to discuss, a lot to break down, obviously, as we close out the NBA season for 2011. But, you know, Game 6 in itself, DG, was a pretty interesting game. Uh, from my take, you had LeBron James starting out on fire, as he always does in the first quarter, comes out shooting, comes out thinking he's the man, and, you know, only to, like, you know, not show up again in the fourth quarter once again. This game, you know, there was a chance that the, the Mavericks could have blown out the Heat, even with Dirk Nowitzki having two fouls, but the Miami Heat did have a great run, and then there was that altercation, you know, that happened in between the timeout, which seemed to cool off the Miami Heat for a little bit because there was a 10-minute stoppage in play. And from there, you had the feeling, especially when, you know, Dallas had a 8-, 9-, 10-point lead, you had a feeling that they were going to be able to close out, the, you know, close out the Miami Heat, and they were. How happy were you, sir? I was thrilled, and the truth of the matter is that I'm actually – I was a little surprised the game wasn't closer because the truth is at the beginning – First couple of games of the series, you're talking three points every game. You know, the first time in NBA Finals history where you had three games in a row that ended by, you know, that were decided by three points or less. But then, I mean, this was – the score tells you it was a blowout. It obviously wasn't really a blowout because, you know, at the end, that's when Dallas really pulled ahead. But, man, Joe, it was an amazing game. It was great. It, I was hoping for a little more drama at the end. You know, they kind of coasted over over towards the, you know, final moments of the game. But it was good, sir. It was great. It was super – Eight, sir. It, it would seem like the Miami Heat just forgot how to play defense the last couple of games. I mean, you saw the last couple of minutes. I mean, they were dejected, yes, but it, it seemed like they they forgot how to play basketball as a team, and it, it brought definitely, uh, you know, it was definitely a great definitely. moment for me being <laughs> being somebody that doesn't like the Miami Heat, especially after LeBron James's comments, I guess, after the game, telling us all us fans what he thinks of us, you know, thinking that we have these problems every day of our lives and, you know, he's rich, he doesn't need to worry about that kind of stuff. And so those comments right there just add fuel to the fire. But, DG, in terms of the game itself, too, um, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, I mean, this guy is a beast. I mean, he did prove once again that he is one of the top NBA players of all time, and it shows that you really don't need really two superstars to win a title Dirk and the Dallas Mavericks have shown that, you know, with one superstar and with a, a lot of key role players, you can win an NBA title this day and age. I agree with that. I don't know if he again proved, but I think that he, he cemented his uh, – I, I believe he cemented his legacy in NBA lore. I mean, obviously it can only get better the more titles that he wins. I'm happy for Dirk. Dirk's a good guy, good player. Um, you know, and I know that people talked about – 
how they were they were excited over Jason Kidd. But you know, I read something on Twitter, and this is the only thing I'll say about Jason Kidd. I, I, I always liked him with the Nets. Um, but the truth is that you know he he did something that was not cool. Uh, you know, with the whole situation with his wife, everything that happened. So I'm not sure how thrilled I can be for him. And he did have a great career, yes, and, and uh, you know, great um, NBA player, great point guard. But uh, you know, I kind of have that little, little tempered a little bit. But of course, you know, we're in a society where we forgive people for the nasty, terrible things that they do. But aside from that, sir, it was great to see. I was thrilled. I was ecstatic. I was glad that the LeBron James experiment failed. And I got into a discussion with my wife about this last night. I'm not going to get into it because there were some pots being thrown and there were some steel chairs being swung from her to me, of course. But I honestly believe that LeBron LeBron pretty much uh, dug his own grave, sir. You know, it, those comments that you that you uh, played earlier were absolutely despicable. What he said, he's a, he's a disgrace, and he's a disgraceful human being. You know, do I hate the guy? No, I don't hate anybody. You know, but the fact is that he was awful. He, he he disappeared. He did not show up at all in the fourth quarter of any game when it mattered. Who cares if LeBron had a triple double in game five? Who cares that he scored like seventeen some odd points or twenty one? I forget. In game number six, they lost. He he wasn't a factor. He did not help them win. He did not contribute, and he disappeared. So you know, at the end of the day, taking your talents to South Beach, LeBron, go take them somewhere else because you are not a team player. You are not a clutch player. You are not a money player. You are not a winning player. And I agree with you on this one point, and I hope that Vic calls him later so we can give him a stone-cold stunner, predicting seven or eight wins, you know, championships. But I, I totally agree with you, sir, and I know you've said this to me off the air. There's no way that this team wins a ton of championships. There's absolutely no way. Something's going to happen. They're going to collapse. The Eagles are going to, you know, start to conflict. JB, it was a beautiful moment in NBA history if you were anti-LeBron. And, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but like I said, he dug his own grave. He's the reason we don't like him. You know, he is the he's the absolute comedic figure in all of this because his legacy took a major hit. As I heard uh, one of the all-time greats say yesterday, there is no way, shape, or form, no matter what LeBron does for the rest of his career, that he could ever, ever be compared to the one and only number 23, Michael Jordan. You know, just when you think that LeBron James, you know, is going to be quiet and just try to win a championship and just, you know, Dwayne Wade uh, basically said he's the leader of this team, DG, and he said that a couple games ago and during the finals. So you figured that LeBron James would just shut up and just try playing. You know, he's got the skill set. He just doesn't have it mentally, I don't think. He doesn't have that, what we always talk about, that it factor. He'll never yeah. really have that it, that it factor that Kobe Bryant, uh, Kobe Bryant has thing. or even yeah, that killer instinct. Um, so, uh, you know, as as much as you like LeBron James's on-the-court talent, and then for him to say those comments, and then you know that um, he's trying to basically tell the fans that hate him or, you know, the NBA people that hate him uh, that want him to lose. He's, yeah, he's basically saying that, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm rich. I don't, you know, you guys are going to still have your problems the next morning when you wake up, so hate me or love me, I'm still going to be rich. And to me... Um, he definitely meant it that way because just today you hear about him trying to retract those statements or trying to justify what he meant by those statements. So that alone tells you right then and there he was trying to rip the common fan. And, you know, to me it's just it's despicable. And um, like I said, like Alfred said from Batman Begins, you know, when will we ever compare LeBron James to Michael Jordan? Well, DG, it's never. Because well, Joe... Can you inform me what uh, what did LeBron say today? I mean, I heard the comments yesterday, but what did he say today exactly that uh, that makes you say he was trying to either justify or, or take it back? Well, they they asked him some questions about what did he actually mean about you know what did he actually mean when he said about like you know people will still wake up with you know same personal problems that they had the day before. He and then what he tried to say was that he didn't appreciate people hating on him, so he just wants to make sure that people knew. That you know he didn't mean it in that way. He just was upset, and it was in the heat of the moment. Uh, to me, I don't buy it. I just, I really don't. LeBron James is just a fraud. Um, he has, the, like I said, he has the talent. He just doesn't have it mentally, and I don't think he'll ever have it mentally. I don't know if it's immaturity or if it's just him being a sore loser because he was always a winner in high school, and then you know he didn't go to college. But he he went to the finals pretty quick um, as a young um, as a young player in the NBA. So. 
I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his people that he hangs out with. Um, he just he, he sends the wrong message, and I, I don't know. Unless you're a Miami Heat fan from the get-go, I don't know how you could root for a guy like this because he just, you know, he's he's everything that's wrong, I think, in the NBA. I mean, when you talk about a team sport, this guy's anything but a team team player. I mean, yeah, he signed with Miami to to try to win a championship with, like, you know, Dwayne Wade and then Chris Bosh came along. But in the end, um, I think Dwayne Wade is definitely the leader of this team, and um, I, I don't really know where this team goes from here. I mean, you know, we have people that predict six, seven, eight titles, DG. I, I, I'm still going to stick to my one title, maybe two. I don't even know if that's going to happen anymore, especially like what you said about egos getting in the way. It won't be long before Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, something's going to happen on or off the court where the two are not going to get along. I mean, look at what happened with Kobe and Shaq in L.A. I mean, it's bound to happen. I agree. You know, you said something key. You said that uh, LeBron is what's wrong with the NBA. Truth of the matter is, LeBron is what's wrong with professional sports. LeBron is what's wrong with, with football, with baseball, with every overpaid, overhyped athlete. Well, yeah, they may have the, the skill set, the physical skill set, but like you said, somebody in LeBron's shoes does not have what it takes between the years, and that's where it matters most. He may, You know what? I, know we, I don't like Kobe Bryant. You don't like Kobe Bryant. Obviously, definitely, maybe. But the truth of the matter is that I, I don't even think that he'll ever be Kobe. I don't even think that he'll be on Kobe's level. He may have more physical ability, but he just does not have that killer instinct. And, yes, you know, you could talk all you want that Pau Gasol really was the one who helped uh, you know, them win last year with the, uh, with the finals of the Lakers. But the truth of the matter is that Kobe was a big part of all five championships. Kobe's the type of guy who, you know, when, when the game's in the line, he wants to shoot. He wants the ball. Give it to him, you know, for the most part. And uh, LeBron's just not that player, and he's, he's never going to be uh, even Kobe Bryant, sir. I agree. And what you want from a, an athlete, you know, we know they get, they get paid millions of dollars, DG and, uh, and uh, everyone out there. We know that they get paid this absurd amount of money that the average fan will never see. But what you want to see is what Chris Bosh did, basically, I mean, the guy was like, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. The guy was in, you know, he was crying like a baby. And, uh, you know, it's okay to cry like a baby. We understand. I mean, that's the emotion of it. If you tell, if you ask me, and we've always talked about this off the air, DG, if you, if you want somebody that, you know, is going to cry after losing or just take it like a professional and not show any emotion, we're always going to want to root for that player that, you know, shows his emotion on the court. You know, DG? I agree. And, uh, excuse me. The truth is that in a situation with LeBron, I mean, the guy gets paid a ridiculous, absurd, insane, you know, nonsensical amount of money, but he's just a total tool. There's no way, no how that you could like this guy. There's no way you could be a fan of this guy. There's no way you can defend this guy. So, Scottie Pippen, you can stuff it because you have no clue what the hell you're talking about comparing him to Michael Jordan. Nobody will ever be Michael Jordan. And I say that with a fan of of Mike, but he was just that damn good, you know, if I could take a line from uh, the game, uh, he is that damn good, and the truth is that he's just not on that level, he doesn't have what it takes, he is an absolute putz, sir, and it's a shame that he makes these ridiculous, that's how he feels, he makes these ridiculous idiot comments. You can't respect the guy on top of the fact that he didn't show up. And then, you know, he does a press conference with with Wade as his bodyguard, basically, instead of, you know, showing some guts. Show some guts. You know, he didn't do any of that. What he did was he had Dwayne Wade basically trying to, you know, protect him, you know, coming out with him. I mean, when do you ever see a star player do that? When did you ever see Michael and Scotty have a little, a little uh, twosome press conference? No. You know, they never need those press conferences because Michael always got the job done. And, okay, he doesn't have to be Michael Jordan, but at least be, be money, be clutch. Bosch pretty much outplayed the other two goofs, you know, this this series, and he left it all on the court, like you said, where these other guys didn't. We're waiting, you know, your boy LeBron didn't when it mattered. And it, it just absolutely upsets me that he makes these comments. He obviously meant what he said. He can take back whatever he wants. He meant it. We're losers. We're scum. We're dirtbags. Because, you know, we, uh, we, we, we're not filthy rich millionaires who have way too much money. You know, you can stuff your money, LeBron, because you are a loser. You have no guts, no heart, no class. You, sir, suck. And on that note, let us go. <laughs>
<laughs> so one of our favorite callers, hopefully he is at the Betty Ford Clinic right now recovering from uh, some issues he's been going through, rehab, drugs, all types of things. We have joining us today the one and only Vic from Boston. Vic, how are you doing, sir? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Vic. Doing good, Vic. Listen, Vic, uh, before we get started, are you uh, are you off the drugs? You know, they, they let me make a 15-minute phone call from this Betty Ford Rehab, so uh, <laughs> we got to make it quick, guys. <laughs> I don't have all night. But... Uh, I was going to ask you, no, I was going to Go yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you, Vic, are you at the parade right now in Miami? I am not at the parade in Miami. I am uh, I I'm gonna hold off one year uh, going one year. down to Miami to parade, yeah. We'll see. Um you know, what, what do you think happened? Uh, what happened? I was gonna say what do you think happened in the series? What 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 was the, the Miami Heat's downfall? Oh, I think I think a couple of things. I think um Hey, I don't think anybody thought that. As much as people hated LeBron James, I don't think anybody thought he was going to disappear the way he did in the fourth quarters. I mean, I mean, he was completely useless in the fourth quarters uh, down the stretch. Um, I, that completely shocked me. I mean, as much as we hated LeBron James for his decision and, and everything that came along with it, I don't think anybody foresee him melting and just, you know, I mean, I didn't watch every single game, but every time I did watch him in the fourth quarter, he was so passive. Well, he ran away. The truth is, Vic, Vic, he was running away from shots. He would give it to anybody and everybody. In fact, I think there was one time, I I could be mistaken, Joe, maybe you can recommend this. I thought there was a time where he gave Eric Spolstra the ball so that Eric could take the shot for him because he was (laughs) running away from everything. And, you know, I know that you said, you, I know, Joe, you told me that Kobe does this, but, Vic, let, let me tell you, one thing that I couldn't stand yep. is watching LeBron basically trying to force fouls and go in and be a drama queen about everything, going head first, shoulder first, and then making these crazy, ridiculous faces. It's like he couldn't make a shot from anywhere other than the free throw line, and he was just trying right. to draw foul after foul after foul. And to me, that just shows, that, that, that shows you know, the type of guy that he really is. Oh, no doubt. He tried to... I mean, there were times he tried to take over the game, and unfortunately, I, I don't think he—I don't think he's that type of player right now. I don't—I don't think he's at the level of a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant that can take over the game in his hands. I don't think he has that. I don't think, like you guys said earlier, I don't think he has it in between his head. He doesn't know how to win, and I think, you know, unfortunately for Heat fans, or unfortunately for the rest of us, you know. He didn't learn this year either, so... Wait, you, so wait Vic, you mean Heat fans You mean Heat fans like yourself? Because you're the one coming on here talking <laughs> about seven, eight titles, all-time great. You know, you already had the monument <laughs> built for him in Cooper, in uh, not Cooperstown, over in uh, over in Ohio with the, uh, the Hall of Fame, sir. No, no, trust me. I, I'm glad I'm wrong. Hey, you know, I was wrong about a lot about the enemy of this area, and, and you know, thankfully, because uh, I'm not a Heat fan, not a LeBron fan, but... Yeah, you know, not a Lakers fan either, but I picked the Lakers to come out of the West. So, um, you know, I think it's good for the NBA that um, Dallas won. I mean, even, I mean, who thought Dallas was going to win the NBA championship in the year? Other than, exactly. Other than an avid, avid Dallas fans, maybe even Dallas fans themselves didn't believe it. I mean, everyone was picking the Lakers, the Thunder, the Bulls, the Heat. And I think, you know, Dallas come out of nowhere winning is a huge win for the NBA. That's so I'm not right. saying that, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying that there's going to be competitive balance going forward, but for at least this year, I think, you know, it's a big one for the NBA. Now, do you think LeBron James specifically can, has, like, his legacy been tarnished so much that, you know, he's 0 for 2 in the finals. Has his legacy, be, has his legacy been tarnished so much that he'll never be compared to the greats? Uh, I think it's still too early to say that. I still do think. I mean, I... Trust me, I hope he never wins the championship, but um, what is he, 25, 26 years old? I think he still has another, you know, six, seven years of of his prime left, and I think it's, it's way too early to say that, you know, his legacy is tarnished. I mean, Wait a minute, Vic. Wait a minute. The, yeah. Wait a minute before I hang up on you. You're going to tell me <laughs> that LeBron's legacy wasn't tarnished by the fact that he did When have you ever – seen Michael Jordan disappear ever in a play. Michael yeah. Jordan has the all-time record for the most points averaged in, in the playoffs. 
You know, it's about it's like a, yeah. almost 31 points. LeBron, I don't even think LeBron averaged 20 points. I, I don't know how many points he averaged this series, but he was useless. I mean, even Kobe, when have you ever heard of Kobe disappearing for six games? I mean, LeBron literally disappeared the entire series. Whenever it counted, LeBron was not there. No, I agree with you. I think I think that he has definitely disappointed uh, all his fans so far. But but to say that he will never become that champion and be regarded as one of the greatest players, it, it's too early to say that. I wouldn't. I won't go there right now. And um, yeah. When will you? When will you learn to be a professional? At least, Vic. I mean. You you mock somebody that's sick with a hundred and two fever, and then you you um you know you say these comments to the to the average fans. I mean, I know you had some time to oh think about God. the comments. So what'd you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy should not. He is a train wreck in front of a microphone. I mean, he he is in the level of of the of Alex Rodriguez. I mean, this guy is. I don't know why they even give him a microphone. He is so. <laughs> I don't know. I, this kid really needs to grow up and mature a little bit because, I mean, looking at those comments that he, I mean, the first one you told me, I was like, oh, it can't be, it must be taken out of context, but apparently not. This kid is, uh, I think he's just completely lost out there, but he's definitely easy to root against, I'll tell you that. Right. Well, but, if, you know, lucky for I, him, I thought. <coughs> but I think lucky for him, um, He's in a league where I think his popularity will continue to rise as, you know, that he continues to uh, become better and better. Right. So, you know, good for him. Uh, you know, as we have you on for, I guess, because DG wants to hang up on you so badly, I might as well ask you my last question now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Is that, you know, we're, we're looking at an NBA lockout, it looks like, uh, just like the NFL, yep. uh, Vic. So, what do you think is going to happen, and you know what's going to be the result of this lockout? Well, what do I want to happen, or what do I think is going to happen? I think teams have to dig in their heels and try to come up with a real hard salary cap, so that because the problem with the league right now is that only two thirds of the team, two thirds of the teams are losing money. I mean, you have those Charlotte Bobcats, Atlanta Hawks, they're better off not even opening the doors and playing basketball. You know, I mean. I know that the NBA is going to try to make it sound like the players' union is going to try to sound like the NBA is more popular than ever. But the truth is, um, only only a handful of these teams are making money. I mean, Dallas is making money, Boston, Chicago, Miami. But these other teams, you look around the other games, no one's going to these games. You know, there's no competitive balance out there. And the only way you're going to do it is to truly have, implement a hard cap. And I think, um, you know, and that, I think that that is actually going to be bad news for the Heat because if they're already at the cap, I don't see how they're going to be able to add any more pieces for uh, for our boy LeBron James to win this eight titles. I don't know how that's going to happen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Vic, you know what? We appreciate you calling in. I got, I got to get rid of you. I'm sorry. I got to hang up on you. You know, 15 minutes are up. You need to go back to the uh, the clinic and and wherever you came from. I mean, Joe, can you believe this guy said that you that it's too early to to talk about him tarnishing his his legacy when I just broke it down for him DX style how he choked. He's a disgrace. He could win he could win nine titles in a row and people would still remember the fact that he was complete and utter scum. In the first, in, you know, his first two finals, he's done nothing. You know what? That's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm done, Vic. That's it. It's over. You give you give the you give the average average NBA fan too much credit. The average NBA fan isn't gonna even know all the comments that he made this past this past week. You know, <laughs> I think. You know, yeah. Vic, but you're, you're, you're out of right. control. I never win. <laughs> Vic, right, we appreciate you, nice you calling you. in as always. Take care, have a good one, and remember, go back to the clinic so they can help you with that problem. Sounds good. <laughs> they call my name right now. Talk to you later. Bye. Later, <laughs> That was the one and only Vic, LeBron James' biggest supporter, joining us from Boston. <laughs> and, Joe, we're about to approach the 1030 update. Shall we continue this after the break, sir? We shall. Folks, it's 10.30, it's time for a sports update and Todd's take. 
brought to you by Pompton Dental Arts. It should not be by Pompton Dental Arts. It should be by some doctor, especially after five guys, DG, this past weekend. My heart is not taking right anymore. But anyway, you might get a cavity from that place. You might get a cavity from five guys as well. Are you looking for an honest, gentle dentist? (laughs) Then contact Pompton Dental Arts at 435 Ringwood Ave in Pompton Lakes. You can expect a warm, caring family atmosphere where where Drs. Ryan Zlikowski and Dr. Lawrence Souch will take care of your entire family dental needs and health. Call 973-835-0702 for an appointment today or visit us at their website, Pompton dentalarts.com one word again that's pompton when you call please make sure you mention pure gold without further ado it's time to bring in Todd so Todd sir how are you I'm doing fantastic all right DG here's your live and locals Mets top the top the Braves <laughs> four to three they hang on in muddy nasty conditions the Rangers Rangers and the Yanks the Yanks are hanging one on the Rangers right now twelve to four in the seventh. The Tigers shut out the Indians four to nothing. Naps over the Cards eight to six in the ninth. Orioles and the Jays are tied at five as they go to extra innings. Brewers and the Cubs three to one. Brewers in the eighth. The Rays top the Sox four nothing. Pirates over the Astros one nothing in the eighth. Padres and the Rockies. Rockies lead three to two going into the fifth. The Southsiders and the Twins have been postponed due to weather. The Giants and the D-backs, Giants lead one nothing in the third. Royals and the A's in the second, no score. Reds and the Dodgers in the second, no score. Angels and the Mariners, Angels top the Mariners three nothing in the first. And the Marlins are losing to the Phillies eight to one in the eighth. DG, <laughs> Todd, that was the best take you have ever given in the history. I'm sorry, not take. That's the best uh, sports update you've ever given because you got it. The way it should have been, Sarah. The locals first. Good job. As a matter of fact, I'm excited because now this means in my Facebook baseball game, I won. I'm going to get a special prize because Don G was pitching, and I picked him in the uh, you know, little part of the game where you can pick who's playing against who and who picked what. I'm very excited about that, Sarah. So, Todd, without further ado, break it down for us as only you can. Take it away. So, in case you haven't heard, the Miami Heat did, in fact, lose the NBA championship to the Dallas Mavericks, just in case you haven't heard that. But I'm sure that you have indeed heard that. And like most of America, sans South Beach, Florida, you are probably relishing the all-too-deserved one-year-in-the-making comeuppance for one LeBron King James and his flight from Cleveland to South Beach and the promise of a championship. You probably feel vindicated. You probably feel happy. The question is, why? Why are you so so happy that a fellow man's dreams of obtaining his goal have been dashed? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty satisfied. I don't even care about the NBA, and I feel satisfied. Why? Some might say it's the principle of the thing. But what is it in our lives and personalities that make us act this way? What small part of the human psyche makes us wish bad things on others for our own enjoyment? Even my own lovely, college-educated, two-degree sporting wife admits that she has an unhealthy hatred of the Yankees and wishes nothing but ill will on them. And she's serious, too, let me tell you. I mean, she's not as serious as my hatred of the New England Patriots. I mean, nobody hates anything or anybody like I hate the Pats. Believe that. That much is unequivocally true. We root against rivals. We root against organizations and teams. We... (laughs) We root against read the handwriting. things we don't like, but why do we express so much anger and hatred towards individuals? I don't have any answers to that, but I bet that the day LeBron went on ESPN for the infamous decision, I bet that A-Rod, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, Jose Canseco all collectively took a deep breath inside thinking, thank goodness for LeBron. Thank you, LeBron, for being so unlikable and for giving me some relief. I feel as though some weight has been taken. I'm Todd Johnstone. TB? Thanks, TJ. That was definitely a a take that coincided with tonight's show, which is what we call a perfect marriage. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to think that was in the production data. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Todd's always, uh, you know, welcome on the show. 
Ty, we appreciate you coming on, sir. As always, a pleasure yours, of course. We will see you on Thursday. Thanks, gents. Later. So, uh, Joe, can we uh, can we finish up our, our LeBron talk as we can move on to uh, some other aspects, some other facets of this series, sir? Do you have any uh, closing thoughts on your uh, least favorite basketball player of all time? You know, I mean, LeBron James, I mean, I, I, I sometimes think we put him on too high of a pedestal. You know, nobody ever said that he wants to be compared to Michael Jordan, but he makes these comments and the way he plays, like I said before, just – not make you want to like the guy. I mean, I, like like Todd was saying on his take, you know, why do we hate people? Why do we hate teams? It's just like, you know, I don't like the attitude of you're better than me, and those comments really, really, really got me upset when I heard those comments, and I made sure as many people as I know heard the, you know, found out about it because, you know, when you make something like that up, you're just, you're, you're definitely not likable, and you're definitely not going to earn my respect or anybody that has, like, you know, a brain. I mean, basically, Vic was telling us that the NBA fans don't have a brain, but you know they do, especially up in Boston and unfortunately in LA. But DG, we'll never be able to compare, which is a good thing. We'll never be able to compare LeBron to Michael Jordan. He might be an all-time great, but he's not going to be considered that elite, elite player. No, he can't be. He'll never be, regardless of what <clears throat> Vic and all of his meds say. There's no way to compare him to uh, to Michael. And you know what? Like you said, maybe he doesn't want to be compared to Michael, but his whole decision was him telling the league to shove it and the fans to shove it, and I'm better than you, so I need my own ESPN special to tell the world, you know what, I'm going to this team, I'm going to that team. If he hadn't done that, this wouldn't be so satisfying. And the truth is that we like to rally around, uh, it's a shame as a society that we like to rally around those who are going up quickly we you know we like to boost them up the underdog, but then when they take that that leap down, that horrible plunge, you know the society tends to like it more. It's like I heard it said somewhere, people like train wrecks as long as they're not in them, you know. And it's it's a shame, but you know what? The situation LeBron brought it on himself. It's not even the rest of the heat, because like I said, I respect sir. I absolutely respect the fact that Chris Bosh was crying. Gotta love that, but. I cannot respect uh, LeBron, and, you know, that's just the way that it is. But I'll tell you somebody I can respect, sir, and I know you can take it away from this point here, the one and only Mr. Dirk Nowitzki, as I heard that he was making a big deal about his last name. That is one man that I can respect, and I can also respect the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, sir, so you can take that any which way. Yes, sir. Well, Dirk has always been one of my favorite players because of his versatility, and I you know I didn't get to watch a lot of his games because he plays out in the West, so I would catch once in a while those games of the week on ESPN, and then you know I got to see him during the playoffs, and then you know against the, the Miami Heat in general, I got to see him every night in the finals, so I got to see how great he really was, and let me tell you, DG, not only is he a great player on the court, but he is just the the true professional that you want on your team and to be the face of your franchise. I mean. You know, like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade were making fun of him. Like that—that that to me is like high school and like grammar school tactics when you make fun of somebody that's sick. I mean, what kind of human being are you? Like how how uh, how childish is that? Is to make fun of somebody that's sick with 102 fever? And you know, for Dirk to tell his team do not comment on it to the press, and for him not to even comment on it and just focus on the task at hand and win an NBA title. I mean, to me. Not only did he have my respect before, but now he has my ultimate respect of being not only a great basketball player, but a true professional off the court as well for him to just, you know, to know that, you know, whatever LeBron James and Dwayne Wade did, who cares? I All I care about is winning a title, and I'm going to do it the right way. That, to me, was a great sign. And then the other thing, like you touched upon, DG, was that Mark Cuban – we all know him to be this obnoxious, over-the-top owner. I mean, he sh he's shown up on wrestling events um, to be, like, this obnoxious owner, and he really is at times. And sometimes, you know, you wish that that's the type of person that you want to own your team, somebody that shows their, their passion on their sleeve, is always there with the team, you know, yelling at the referees, getting fined, whatever and whatever. And I, I want DG to tell the story of what he did to the what he did with the NBA, uh, with the Dallas Mavericks after they won the championship. So I want to get into that. I want you to get into that, DG. But Mark Cuban showed he too has grown and become a true professional himself because who would you know? It's his first NBA title, 
And who does he have holding the title before even he gets sold it? He brings on the the original owner of the Dallas Mavericks. I forget the guy's name, believe it or not, but he's an older guy. He's about in his late 70s. And he brings him onto the podium to give him the title, showing him respect that he was the first owner of the Dallas Mavericks, gives him the title first. And, DG, how classy are those two gentlemen, Dirk and Mark Cuban? you got to love what uh, Cuban did. You absolutely do. And, you know, I remember him being in a wrestling event getting, uh, I don't know if he got RKO'd by Randy Orton and he got powerbombed. Or maybe it was Sheamus. I don't know if it was Sheamus who powerbombed him, you know, through a table. I believe that's what happened. Anybody who can take a shot like that, you got to respect him. But he's always been loud. He's always been obnoxious. He's always been the type to, you know, stick his nose where it didn't belong. And, you know, to the point where it's... It's kind of aggravating, and we talked about, imagine if he owned uh, if he owned the Mets and whatnot. But the truth is, sir, that, you know what, he he did an amazing thing. He did a classy thing with, his, with the previous owner of the Dallas uh, Mavericks, and I have no idea what the guy's name is. It could be Nolan Ryan for all I know. But the guy's old. Great job by him. You know, uh, I heard on the radio it's possible that maybe it was because he doesn't like David Stern, so he didn't want Stern giving him the title. Did you hear about that, sir? I heard that. I mean, that was a definitely a conspiracy theory, but I don't know. After watching Mark Cuban in the finals, I think that he's grown up a lot. I agree, and the fact that, you know, the fact that he was missing in action throughout this whole thing, to me, just shows you, you know what, the guy really has grown up. He's come a long way, and he just made such a great, you know, great decision of sticking his nose out of things instead of butting into everything. And it goes to show you that he did he did grow up a bit. And you got to respect it. It's almost like it wasn't even the same guy. It's almost like it was a different owner you know, than, than the Mark Cuban that we've become accustomed to. And I love it, Joe. I honestly love the fact that he was nowhere to be found. And when it mattered most, he was hoisting up that trophy instead of sticking his nose into things and butting heads at the officials. And basically, he allowed his team to take center stage instead of himself like he normally does. So I don't know who gave him the, the idea. I don't know what PR guy, or maybe he just had an epiphany late one night. But, man, you got to love what Cuban did there. What did um, Tell us the story about what actually Cuban did the other night with uh, his team. Well, they went out to a, a place over in, over in Miami. I forget the name. But I was reading an article today on uh, on Yahoo, and they were saying how – and it's funny because we talked about this um, off the air – but, you know, you're supposed to give a 20% tip. Well, apparently Cuban got, like, a really expensive bottle of champagne, and he uh, he took his players out and whatnot, and he spent $90,000 at this place, wow. and he left a tip of $20,000. Now, Joe, I've heard stories about people, you know, and I'm not going to name any names of professional athletes, but I've heard stories about some of them, especially local football players or former, you know, local football players who are very cheap who don't give good tips, which to me is a disgrace. You make that money, you should be dropping hundreds of, you know, on people making two bucks an hour, you know, really busting their humps trying to make an honest living. But to drop a $20,000 tip, that, you know, uh, 20% would have been 18000 which is still a lot, but he went a, a bit over. And I just thought it was a pretty cool story, sir. It definitely was. And, you know, like I was saying, what are your thoughts about Dirk? Because... We all know he's got he's a great talent on the court, but comment on what you feel about him just like telling his his you know taking ownership of the team, making sure he's the captain, telling his team do not comment to the media about what happened to me, what you know LeBron and Dwayne Wade made fun of me. Let's focus on the task at hand. How you know how much more respect do you have for this guy now that he went about the right way, won a title, and you know comment on that. <laughs> I think he did a great job. I think it proves, again, what type of individual he was. It proves, or is, it proves that Dirk is just a class act, and it proves that regardless of what, he is truly just just a, a great, classy player. And you know what? LeBron, uh, LeBron needs to learn a couple things from him, sir. LeBron needs to go and sit under him and just just pay attention because, he, you know, what, what he did is he just plays the game the right way. You know, he plays it the way it needs to be played, and it's a shame that so many other players are such complete and utter tools that they don't know how to get the job done, that they don't know how to act that way. You have somebody like LeBron who's the complete opposite. You know, he told his team, he's like, listen, I'm going to get this done. I am in charge. This is my team. Listen to me. Don't come. I mean, that's great to me. 
that's absolutely great that he decided not to, you know, to take ownership like you said. And you know, when it came to on the court stuff, he also took ownership because he played the game the way that it needs to be played. He showed up when it counted. He showed up in the fourth quarter of games. I mean, he just has my utmost respect. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Dirk Nowitzki is a class actor in my book, in, in the DG, you know, Manual of Greatness. Dirk Nowitzki is definitely, uh, he's definitely up there, sir. And let's be honest, folks. If Unless you're a Miami Heat fan, like I said, before LeBron James, or you became a Miami Heat fan, you're the only – it was basically the Miami Heat versus the entire NBA. Like, if you were a Laker fan, if you were a Celtic fan – you were rooting for the Dallas Mavericks, even though like the Lakers may have lost and got swept by the Dallas Mavericks. You were not going to root for a team that had Le- uh, a person like LeBron James on that really just didn't show up, made stupid comments, and you know basically tells the the average fan where to go after the fact that he lost the title. I mean, that to me is just sour grapes. So, you know, the NBA season is now over. Congratulations once again to the Dallas Mavericks for winning their first NBA title. Um, hopefully, you know, DG, the, the, the Miami Heat will never win a title, especially with LeBron James. I just That's the team that you, you, you love to root against uh, all the time. So the NBA season, I'll be honest with you, looking at it, uh, for, you know, from the beginning of the season was was definitely an interesting one, DG. You had, the in the West, you had San Antonio jump out this huge lead in terms of, like, getting the number one seed in the West. And the L.A. Lakers, the two-time defending champions, were just never able to catch them. They always had like a good five, six, seven, or even sometimes eight, eight-game lead over them in the West to get that one seed. But the Dallas Mavericks ended up running out of gas in the first round of the, uh, the playoffs, losing to the Grizzlies in seven games, um, which was definitely a blow to them because you know that team was supposed to go to the at least to the Western Conference Finals and meet the Lakers. And who would have ever thought that the Lakers then would get tripped up in the second round to the Dallas Mavericks and then get swept? So I thought that was interesting in the West. When you know, and then you had Oklahoma City um, after after Dallas uh, swept the Lakers. I thought that Oklahoma City was definitely going to beat Dallas and then go to the finals. That didn't happen. So the West was definitely a, a tough um, conference to predict in terms of just the the season and then the playoffs itself. And then over on the east you had the you know the, the you had the, the top 3 teams you had Miami, Chicago and Boston and you had to ask yourself um can Boston an aging team you know get back to the NBA finals and try to win a title especially um after the Lakers had lost the the Lake uh, the Celtics were still alive so um I thought that they had a shot but it ended up being that the the thing that turned around probably the season for them was that they traded Kendrick Perkins, and they ruined the whole flow of the team. I just thought that after that trade, DG, um, the team was mentally not there anymore, and their offense just was, um, you know, it's not like Kendrick Perkins was a great offensive player, but something happened within the, the Celtics team that just they either lost confidence or just stopped playing the way they were the last couple of years, and they got really their, their butts handed to them by the Miami Heat in the playoffs the Chicago Bulls were able to hang on and win and get the number one seed overall in the playoffs. And I, I don't know, I still can't really explain why, unless it's just the fact that Miami had the, the three top guys scoring and then the Chicago Bulls only had Derrick Rose scoring. And I think that Derrick Rose just got tired, what it boils down to. So in the, the Eastern Conference Finals, you had a tired Derrick Rose with the Bulls versus the Miami Heat that were just hungrier. And then, thank God, in terms of the finals, we had a great finals in terms of just, you know, great drama the first couple of games. And then something just happened to the Miami Heat where they, they, they forgot how to play basketball or they forgot how to play defense in general, and specifically. And, you know, looking back at it, it was a great NBA season, DG. If you're a, a Celtic fan, you're disappointed. If you're a Laker fan, you're disappointed because you felt like your team was a win-now team. Uh, and the only, the only other big storyline, which I'll let you comment on now, is that, you know, the Dallas, not the Dallas, the, the New York Knicks, your New York Knicks, were able to acquire Carmelo Anthony. And now they have, you know, going forward, they have Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire. I think they're only one piece away from getting to the, at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. This team could be really good in a year or so. What do you think about the NBA season? What do you think about Carmelo Anthony? Break it down. 
Well, sir, I mean, I think you pretty much broke it down and uh, like a like a sloppy old train wreck. I think that the only thing that needs to be said about this is that the Knicks definitely, maybe, possibly, obviously, hopefully, are going to be good this year. I'm excited. I was actually going to ask you <laughs> your comments on it, but since you you asked me, I think it's great that the that the Knicks, you know, got who they got. They got uh, Carmelo, who not that he's as good as LeBron, but he's another player who does not um, run away from shots, which is great to see. As a fan, of course, you want your guys to your your best guy to be up there taking shots and doing what he has to do, or at least trying to do something, you know. But uh, it, it, I think that as uh, one of our previous guests, John Paul Gonzalez, talked about teamwork so uh, vehemently, it goes to show you the the Heat showed you that teamwork just you know it needs to be there all the time, and it wasn't there, obviously with with the Miami, but and he was commenting on a lot during the, the series. But I think the Knicks with some with some much needed improvement. You know, maybe uh, Billups will come back this year and, and be healthier than the time he was with the Knicks. Uh, get some, get a little uh, rest and relaxation. Have Carmelo and Amari together for the entire year. I think they're going to be a team to watch, sir. I don't think they're going to win the title next year, but I think that with another piece or two, the Knicks are going to be a very good team for uh, for a long time, Joe. And it's exciting finally as a as a Knicks fan that you're going to see. You know, you're going to see something that the Knicks aren't going to be pure scum like they've been for the past uh, several years. And uh, I have to admit, Joe, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, the Celtics didn't get the job done. You know, I mean, the Knicks were—I knew the Knicks weren't going anywhere. But like I always say, I, I root for the Celtics because you're a Celtics fan, and uh, you know, I want to see your team win if possible. If my team can't, so you know what they did—they they couldn't get the job done. They made the bad trade, the Kendrick Perkins trade. You know, I mean, they got Nene and Kristich back. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. But aside from that, I think that the Celtics—you uh, know—they're—they're they're on their way down. They're on the the downswing, obviously, uh, and hopefully they'll be able to you know, maybe get a little talent to go around uh, Ray Allen and whatnot, and, and the rest of the guys are Paul Pierce. I know that they're aging and they're on their way out, but. Again, hopefully for your sake they'll be uh they'll be contenders and they'll be able to, you know, stay in there and this is not the end of the road as it were because I know I have to hear about the the friggin' Celtics all the time listening to you yap it up. So for your sake, for my sake, for the sake, you know, the good of humanity, I do hope the Celtics uh do something good next year, sir. Yep. All teams will retool as they always do and there's already talk about how the Lakers are already aggressively seeking a trade with the Orlando Magic to send like Bynum and a couple other people down to Orlando so that you know Kobe could be on the same team as Superman or you know quote unquote Superman Dwight Howard. So we'll see how that goes. The, the lockout is always a tricky thing because you don't know when it's going if there is going to be a lockout when it's going to be resolved. But usually it comes down to what Vic was saying. It comes down to a salary cap, and you know baseball doesn't have a salary cap. I think that I think to make it uh, a competitive league, I think you do need. I, I'm I'm always in favor of every sport having a salary cap because I just think it makes it a level playing field. DG, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what is resolved after this lockout. If they either increase the salary cap or decrease it. If they decrease it, um, like like Vic was saying, I don't know how teams like Miami Heat or even the Boston Celtics with you know, having so much salary and so many, like, only a few key guys, I don't know how you could become a better team if you can't make that and get that extra player that you need. So the salary cap will definitely be a sticking point to this lockout, and hopefully there is no lockout, but if there is, you know, we might be looking at a shortened season, which could be an advantage to the Celtics because, once again, they're an aging team. So next season should be interesting in that terms. You know, will there be a lockout? Will there not be a lockout? But... Um, the NBA season is now over, DG, and you know once again congratulations to Dallas Mavericks, and hopefully next year we'll see that your New York Knicks compete because you know it's always good to have your team and my team you know be competitive, especially in the playoffs. I mean they played each other in the first round, but it was you know it was basically a sweep. Um, it's always good to see the New York Knicks, especially since we live in the tri-state area. We need to have a good team that will make the playoffs, and then we can have a good show in and out and not just talk about my Boston Celtics. Give me uh give me your gut feeling, sir. Is there gonna be a lockout? I I mean I mean I <laughs> yes, there is gonna be a lockout, unfortunately. What about football? Is there also gonna be a lockout? I mean a continued lockout. Are we gonna start the football season on time, sir? The you know, lately I've I've been reading about that the talks have been really close and it looks like uh both sides the owners 
and the players are getting antsy, it seems like somebody's going to have to budget. It might be the owners that do budge. So let's hope that you know there's a football. Let's hope the spring, you know, the the lockout ends, and let's let's get some you know training camps open and and definitely you know play some football on time because I would not want an eight an eight week season because that that would just be awful. Um, DG, I mean, do, do you do you see with Plaxico coming out? Let me just let me ask you this: with Plaxico coming out of jail and him heading to the Eagles, I mean, all signs point that you know you're gonna he's gonna be the new heel of the NFL for you at least. Well, I don't know about heel. I mean, you know, he made a he made a horrible decision. He went to jail. You know, he paid his debt to society, as it were. Let me ask you this, sir: Is it possible he ends up on your New York Jets? Well, no, because the New York Jets are unfortunately or fortunately targeting Randy Moss as a wide receiver uh, for them. So I don't think Plaxico Burris actually ends up on the on the New York Jets. I hope that Randy Moss doesn't end up on the New York Jets either. But you know, that's that's for another conversation for another time, DG. Uh, so hopefully the NFL season starts on time. The only thing I must say, though, I mean, I, I was talking to you about this off the air, DG, is that. And you have no qualms about it, but I do. I, 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 you know, the Jets and Giants are playing this year, folks. And not only are they playing this year, they're playing on Christmas Eve. I got issues about that. Yeah, but your issues about that stem from your work schedule. It doesn't stem from the fact that it's on a Saturday or that it's even on Christmas Eve. Your issues stem from the fact that you have to work that day, a little more, a little less. No, I'm just highly religious, and I don't think the team should be playing on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you are so, you know, you are unbelievable. You are absolutely out of control, full of garbage. That is not what you said. This is the first time you've even brought religion into the equation. I think that you are a liar. I have a question for you. All right, I have an answer. What would Jesus do? Hmm. I don't know, because uh, truth is, scholars said that Jesus was not born on December 25th, and, you know, most likely born in springtime, and I don't even know how we came about December 25th as Christmas. All I know is that my it was my late grandmother's birthday, and, uh, you know, it's obviously a special day for those of us who are uh, of the Christian faith. But, I mean, you know, people talk about them playing on these holidays all the time. If I, if I was a player, I wouldn't want to play on Christmas Eve, but, I mean, you're, like I said, you're full of it, because your issues all relative to, oh, I get it work on Saturday. Oh, oh, I get it work. Oh. I, I get the feeling that if we were in the studio, you, um, you know, I got to make sure you don't try and knock out my teeth, which well, is a we perfect are in studio, what, what are you talking about? We're always in studio. No, I mean, I'm, I'm protected by this glass right here that like you can't come out. <laughs> you can't come and knock my teeth out, which is why Pompton Dental Arts is our sponsor for tonight. <laughs> are you looking for a gentle, honest dentist? Then contact Pompton Dental Arts at 435 Ringwood Ave in Pompton Lakes. You can expect a warm, caring family atmosphere where Drs. Ryan Zakowski and Dr. Lawrence Sausch will take care of your entire family's dental health. Call 973-835-0702 for an appointment today. Or visit their website. One word again, folks. It's PomptonDentalArts.com. Once again, that's PomptonDentalArts.com. When you call, please mention Pure Gold. DG? You know, it's interesting that Pops and Dental Arts has been after me this week and last week, too. Oh boy. I had a couple of appointments that I wasn't able to meet because today my wife and I ended up going to the hospital that where our child will be born. And uh, we we did a tour of the uh, the facilities, you know, the uh, whatever the hell. I don't even know what those are called. I keep thinking prenatal. I'm not even sure if that's the right word, but, you know, facilities for the whole child care where your kid's born and stuff. And, you know, there was a, uh, a proud father there, and every time the, the nurse would walk away, he would just, like, pet his child, almost like a, like a little puppy, but, you know, trying to be gentle with him. And it was just so cute to watch him. And I know I'm going to be experiencing that soon. It was just like, something great to to see. So we had that going on, and the Pompton Dental Arts uh, secretary, who shall remain nameless, has been after me, you know, asking what's going on and why I keep changing my appointments. But aside from that, Pompton Dental Arts is obviously definitely a great place to go to. And I can testify, brother, that they will take care of you. But, folks, that's about all the time that we have for this evening as I end out on a high note. I'd like to thank Vic for calling in, as always. I'd like to thank you, our fans, as always, the loyal listeners, for checking in. We thank Todd for his wonderful take and his, you know, for once, his updated rant and, uh, you know, sports update that actually started with the local teams first, as he should do. 
I'd like to thank Fitz, our producer, not for much longer, of course, Kelly, our board op, Jose, our media director, and everybody who makes pure gold exactly what it is, and, of course, our British host over on Blog Talk Radio. Folks, remember to tune in Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for JB. This is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everyone.